Well, I figured it's uh, the month of Halloween, so maybe we'll start off by talking about masks. Is that okay? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, and we'll begin at verse 21. Luke chapter 3, beginning at verse 21. You can grab a Bible in the seat back in front of you. If you don't have one, we want you to know we'd love for you to have that Bible. Just take it with you. No one will stop you. Uh, we're just grateful that you are here, and we'd love for you to have a Scripture. And uh, take it home, read, come back with questions. The Scripture will also be on the screen behind me. Can I ask those of you who are able, could we stand in honor of the reading of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? The Gospel according to Luke chapter 3 beginning at verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as He was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on Him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are My Son, whom I love. With You I am well pleased. Now Jesus Himself was about 30 years old, when he began his ministry. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this good news. Help us to hear with fresh ears. Help me to preach, even though I'm very tired. And I pray that in all things, we would receive the good news of your love. For we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. An interesting passage. Uh, one that kind of often stirs up a lot of stuff and, and gets us kind of talking about a theological argument that, goes, that was going on in the very early church. And, and that was this whole idea of Jesus' humanity and divinity. And we have tended in that, uh, and if you're wondering how the argument uh, worked itself out, the church said this very interesting thing. They said that Jesus is both 100% human and also 100% divine. Now, I know that just, you know, for some of you this early in the morning, and maybe you've only had one cup of coffee, that just feels like, you know, just mind-blowing. But it is this mystery that the church said we have to hold in tension. In some ways, we want to, we want to say, well, it has to be 100% human, uh, but if we're, which we're very influenced by Greek thoughts, so we kind of had this idea in the early church that kind of the flesh was not a good thing, and, and the church said, no, in Jesus we see both God fully uh, in human form, we see this God who loves, and we see this God who has shown us mercy, and, and Jesus fully embodied and showed us exactly what God the Father looks like. And Jesus as a human being showed us the fullness of what it means to be a human being, and that a human being can live fully connected to God. And fully connected in the world. This, this idea, this understanding that these two aren't diametrically opposed, but can be held together in human beings. And so when we come to this, this scripture, because there is a voice that declares, you are my son, the beloved with you, I am well pleased. 
we tend to take that argument and run towards the divine side. We, we tend to, oh, this is good. So it's proven right here that Jesus is divine. But I think that cuts us loose from the part of this scripture and what we're going to get into, which is what follows, that really brings you and me into the story, into this this human understanding, this human side of Jesus that shows us what human beings are to look like and to show us how God looks at us as human beings. So I want us to jump into this. Uh, first of all, we see right at the very beginning verse, verse 21, when all the people, how many people? All of the people were being baptized. Jesus was baptized too. Jesus didn't wait for, oh, like, oh man, all those other people, they're like really making this water dirty and I'm like perfectly divine. And so I'm going to wait for all them to get out and then I'll come in so that, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, I'll let the river flow a little bit, you know, clear the water and then I can come in. No, Luke wants to make it very clear that when all the people were in, Jesus was in too. There's not a time when Jesus is not all in for you and with you. And he enters in. The, the thing that's different then, or we think is different, but I want, to, I want to say something, is then Jesus in his praying, the Holy Spirit def- descends bodily like a dove. And there's a voice that says, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. In this, I want you to know, I know we think, okay, that's the divine side. That's, that's God declaring that Jesus is that. But it is also saying Jesus, as a full human being, when you're in the river with all the other people, all of them, not the special ones, not the holy ones, not the religious ones, all of them, when you're there, yes, you're my beloved then. And it is as if, and some scholars have written in this way, We also, as people in the water, get to hear that we are God's children, the beloved. With us, God is well pleased. Now, don't let your head swell up too much. There is a distinction between us and Jesus. But what we are hearing here is God's attitude towards human beings. You, me, no matter what your skin color, how much money you earn, uh, what you wore today, what kind of car you drove to this building, there is a God who looks at you and says, you are my child. And with you, I am well pleased. Can you receive that today? In fact, I'd like for us to read this, that last line there. Uh, We are God's children, the beloved. With us, God is well pleased. Can we read that together on the count of three? One, two, three. We are God's children, the beloved. With us, God is well pleased. Then uh, there's this lengthy passage uh, where uh, we find out that Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. And then if you were to continue reading, I won't read to you, there is a very long genealogy. You see, in Jewish circles, it was popular to know who you were born from. And you could kind of name the generations on back. Like if some of you were related to George Washington, you'd probably love to know that, right? I mean, it's still still in business, right? How many of you have done the 
the mouth swab to find out, you know, what kind of genealogy you have, or you're on the, the, the links with the Mormons trying to figure out, uh, how, how, you know, who your relatives are. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that we're still there. But what, it goes all the way back. I mean, it goes way, way back. It goes all the way back to Adam. It's as if Luke wanted, wanted us to know that this is how Jesus is a part of all the people. He's that human. All, all the way back. He can trace his lineage all the way back. But the problem is, is then, then we move right into Jesus' testing or temptation in the wilderness. And we like the part where uh, we, we think, oh yes, so this baptism thing has something to say about God and something to say about Jesus. And it has something to say about us as human beings as well. Well, guess what? So does the temptation time. It also has something to say about God. It has something to say about us and how God sees us as human beings. This is also our temptation. And the temptation for Jesus is the same as the temptation for you and for me. That we would find our identity and put a mask on and not be God's beloved. The one with whom God is well pleased. Some people will call this our false self. Some will say it's our persona. Uh, A persona was a mask that the Greek people would wear that had kind of a, because they didn't have microphones, the mask would have a uh, a sound cone built in to magnify the voice. uh, And it's a sounding through. That's persona. You sound through, but you sound through a mask. It's not the person, the, the real person behind. It's the sounding through. And the temptation is to find ourselves in something else. So what are Jesus' temptation not to live in the beloved? If you want to, you can turn uh, to just the next chapter, Luke chapter 4. It may be right on that same page in your Bible. But there are three temptations. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Our first mask, our first temptation, is the mask of performance. And the mask of performance says to us that I am what I do. Wow. I think that mask is alive and well today. It says, in essence... The devil says, the temptation, the mask says to Jesus, if you are God's son. So look, it's already calling into question whether he's the beloved one. Comes at the time that he's at his weakness, at weakest and says, if you are the son of God, then command these stones to become bread. What does that mean? In other words, do something, work hard and make something for yourself so that you can continue to live. That's the temptation. That you would work, that you would do something of your own strength, and you would do something that would cause there to be bread, something to sustain you. I mean, this has had to play on something. We were just told that Jesus was 30 years old. And he just before he got started, he had done nothing. 
Oh, he had a, he had a nice little time when he was a little boy and, you know, kind of the, the priests and the elders in the temple thought, wow, he's got some pretty cool understanding here. And then you hear nothing until he's 30. And he's out in the desert and he's hungry and he's not done anything. He's not accomplished anything. He's not contributed to society in any way. He was a part of a carpenter's family and he's not even a carpenter. What are you doing, Jesus? Are you sure you're God's son? I mean, you haven't really even done anything to make society any better. You're 30 years old. You're a man now. And and what have you done? Maybe some of you have heard that. Maybe you heard it from a very young age. Maybe it's something you learned from your parents. That work, work, work to make sure that you have bread, 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 or more, 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 or this and that and that, because it is in your doing that you can know that God loves you and that you're the beloved. Man, sometimes pastors can, this, this is a big one for me. If only I had done this, or if I'd preached that way, or if I'd found that example, or if I had opened up that small group, or done this one thing, or done that one thing. Some of you, you do this too, don't you? If only, if only, if only, if I, if I had done all of these things, then I could show my worth. It's still a mask for us today. It's still a temptation for us today. Do you know that? But it's a mask. It's not the really real. The really real is you are my children. With you, I am well pleased. We have to learn to live in that without the mask. That's the call. Mask number two. Possessions. Mask number two says, I am what I have. I am what I have. We're told in the Scripture that the devil leads Jesus up on a high place and show Him all the kingdoms of the world. I mean, He sees everything. He sees all the possessions. He sees what everybody else has. He sees all the cities. He sees all the thrones, all the crowns, all the accomplishments, all the glory. And He says, if you will fall down and worship Me, I'll give all this to you. It's a mask. It's the mask that says, if you uh, have these things, then you'll know God's blessing. I'm telling you folks, this mask is perpetrated day in and day out. As you drive places, as you listen to the radio, as you look online, no matter what. I mean, have you ever seen it? Like you search on Amazon for one thing, and then all of a sudden on all of your web pages, that one thing is popping up everywhere? Oh my goodness. We just bought a home and now it's like they're saying, you know, it's not enough. You've got to put all this stuff in your home. Why? It's the mask that says you are what you have. And if you don't have these toys, I mean, they, they're relentless with kids. Like a kid. It's a baby. All it wants is food and sleep and an occasional diaper change. But they market to the babies. You gotta have this binky. Or you're not cool. It, it's a mask. And the temptation of Jesus is to say, I'll give you all this. That'll show that you're something. That you are God's 
chosen, that you're God's lo- the one who's loved. But it's a mask. It's one that you and I can get trapped in today. Look at, you want a good idea, look at your bank statement at the end of the month and see, am I living as one who is loved of God without the mask, taken off just in His presence, hearing His love song to me? Or am I consumed with thinking what I have determines my value to God or is the sign of God's blessing? If anyone tells you that the sign of God's blessing is you have more, 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 more. It's not the Jesus that I read about in Scripture. Sure, we can be grateful for God's blessings, but it does not determine your worth and value for the Father that Jesus loved. All right? Mass number three. Oh, yeah, there are a few other points, but I missed them in my tiredness. Uh, all right, mask number three is the mask of popularity. This mask says, oh, this, one, this one's tough. This mask says, I am what other people think about me. Oh, my goodness. Ouch. The devil takes Jesus up to a high point of the temple and says, throw yourself off because... God won't allow you to be hurt. And boy, that would disrupt the worship service, right? Man, you would make something of yourself. Boy, people would think, wow, did you see that? That guy like bungee jumped without a bungee. And he's alive. Wow. Man, I could listen to a guy like that. I think I'll follow him. Remember, remember, Jesus has done nothing up to this point. He would... You know, there would be a great temptation to put this mask on. To say, if I could just do the thing, man, if I could preach like that, if I could do these miraculous things, man, then it would be a sign to everyone else that God would love me and people would think really good things of me and then they would think and I would know that I'm the beloved, the one with whom God is well pleased. It is a mask. This one's hard. Because we are consumed, and I know you know this, this is not an aha, but we are consumed with what other people think of us. There was one writer I I read, he was very honest, and he talked about when he was younger, he had this experience where he realized that he was having a conversation with someone who was a friend who he really looked up to and he really liked. And he said, I had this awareness that I was really concerned about what this person thought of me. And so I was thinking ahead in the conversation so that I could say something clever so that they would like me even more. And then I, I realized in this whole thing that I was not even fully present Because I was so concerned about what they thought of me. I wanted to say the right thing. I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to laugh at the right time. We do this. But it's a mask. It's a temptation. It's something that God wants you to take off. And to bask in the glory of, you are my child. I love you. With you, I am well pleased. 
This is Jesus. This is what some authors would call the true self. It's interesting. Jesus does, in every instance, if you read the rest of the story, in every instance, Jesus quotes a scripture back to the tempter. To, to remind the tempter of who he is. And it's interesting. I know we get caught up in, in, you know, this, this can be a, a great sermon. This can be a great scripture about you should read your Bible and you should read your Bible. That's good. But listen to this. Listen to how Jesus uses these particular scriptures. First, he says, it is God who provides bread. We think that we earn a living, right? But it is God who gave you talents, gave you a body, gave you abilities, gave you a mind. It is God who enabled you to do whatever it is you do that earns a living. On a rabbit trail, that's why we give offerings and tithes. We're saying to God, thank you for allowing me to have these abilities and talents that I might earn something and give. It's also a great reminder that it is God who provides, not my work. It is God who provides. I'm not going to live in that mask. I'm going to take that off and set it down because I serve the God who loves me and is well pleased with me and He is the one who provides. That's good news. Second, He says God is first. And God only is worthy of worship. And God is the one who has said to me, I heard His voice. I felt the dove land on me and say, You're my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. When you can live in that moment, then you begin to realize there is only one person worthy of singing and praying to and giving glory to, and that is God. That is the Father. Lastly, God does not need us to prove ourselves, for there is no test of or for God's love. God just loves you. God just loves human beings. He loved them so much that He said, I will come and live among you. I'll show you that flesh is good. And beyond that, I will show you. I will show you that a human being can be fully connected to God. That should be good news for you. I'll show you what humanity looks like with all the masks taken off. There's no mask of earning. There's no mask of possessions. There's no mask of popularity. It's just a human being loved by God. And you can live fully in that. And I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that the only reason Jesus could do all that Jesus did, because Jesus was firmly grounded and planted in the love of God and the voice that He heard. Because if you think about His ministry, He was... While people followed him, what he said was not very popular. He didn't have a place. He told his disciples, foxes have holes. I don't even have a place. He was homeless. But he was rooted in the home that God provided for him. And you and I can live there too. And so today, isn't it beautiful that we have a symbol that reminds us It is God who provides the bread. It is God who gives us the things that bring us joy. Our more liturgical brothers and sisters, this is wine. We do grape juice for other reasons. That's okay. But wine is a symbol of joy, of having. 
And so today, and, and it reminds us, there is no test for God's love. There is only a God who gives to you what you need in love. And so today, in just a moment, we're going to finish. And I'm going to invite you to take just a moment in your time of prayer to try to say to God, I just want to take off the mask. Whatever the mask is that grabbed you the most, I want to take that mask off. And I just want to receive as one who you love and with whom you are well pleased. And I want to receive the things I need. Remind me, you're the one who gives bread. Remind me, you're the one who gives joy in life, no matter the cause. And remind me of the great cost of your showing your great love to human beings. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, the truth is, we all come in, myself included, and those masks seem well glued on our faces. Some of us wear all three. Some of us struggle mostly with one. Whatever it is, could we hear your voice today saying directly to our hearts and minds in a way that shatters the mask, You are my child, my beloved, and with You I am well pleased. I not only love You, I like You. May we see those masks disappear, taken down. And may we be a people that learns to live as Jesus showed us, firmly planted in your declaration of your love for us. For we ask this in your name. I want you to know that if this is your first time here, you are still welcome. If you are hungry to live into taking off the masks and you want to receive the gift that reminds you of God's provision and joy, you are welcome to come. Even if this is your first day here, I want nothing to hold you back from the grace that is found in Jesus. But on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. The same night, he poured out the cup and he said, this is my blood, the new covenant shed for you. Take and drink. If you're hungry for this kind of God, you come. No masks. They're not needed. All we are is to receive the gift of knowing how deeply we are loved. So take bread. And together, let us break it and let us eat and be grateful. And together, let us take the symbol of joy and sacrifice and let us drink grateful and thankful. Father, thank you for loving us. Jesus, thank you for showing us how deeply we are loved and modeling for us a life without masks. Spirit, help us to live fully alive 
masks off, grounded in the depth of your love. For we pray these things in your great name. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand and receive the final blessing? And now, to borrow from Brennan Manning, may you know that you are loved just as you are and not as you should be. I pray that you will live rooted and grounded in the depths of God's declaration over you. You are my child. The one that I love, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. Pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Go in God's love and share God's love with those around you. Amen.